0: Welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy,
1: And I'm Taylor Smurl.
2: Um, I got new shoes. Oh. Like two minutes ago. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: What kind of shoes? My
2: mommy got me new shoes. (laughs) I got Birkenstocks, real ones. Mm. I know, I've never had real ones.
1: Um, are they, uh, are they like the sandaly guys?
2: Yeah, they're like these... Sandily
1: oh the classic berk the, the, the two strap sandal situation yes wow
2: the same ones
0: i'm wearing essentially except a different color <laughs> i uh i've always bought the
2: knockoffs
0: taylor maybe together we can convince our sister that buying one pair of more expensive shoes that last for 5 years is more logical than having to buy like six pairs of like $20 shoes that only last like, you know, less than a year. That's true. That's just math.
1: And while that's not always the case, a lot of times products are more expensive because they're made by workers that are properly paid in safe conditions. So sometimes when you pay for a more expensive item, it's, it's, you know, it's better even for other people.
2: It was Sometimes hard. it's still a scam. It was Sometimes hard. With, it's yeah, better. yeah, yeah. Well, it was hard with sandals. Uh, that was what I. That was what I was stumbling up against. Is like, the shoes that I wear most of the time are Chuck Taylors. They're you know Converse. Like Those are I, paper. They're, not- <laughs> <laughs> they're paper shoes. They're not paper. They are. They're canvas. They're canvas. I put uh, gel insoles in them. Always. That's the first. Even before I wear them, the first thing I do is stick some gel insoles in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so,
1: so when you do spend money on a pair of shoes, you make sure that they are the most destructible <laughs> shoes possible.
2: Yes. And I wear them until they have so many holes that my daughters buy me new ones and insist, "Please wear these, mommy. You're embarrassing us."
1: <laughs> that that must happen every what two weeks?
2: No, they last a couple years longer. Really, I mean I, mm. before. It became like Charlie and Cooper's, I wouldn't say every year Christmas present, but like every other year, I think they've gotten me chucks. Um, I wore the same pair for, oh my gosh, I, I couldn't even tell you. I mean, since college. Well. No. <laughs> I wore the ones from high school for a really long time, but they still had like stuff drawn all the way around the white <laughs> rim. <laughs> and that looked weird when I was like, a physician (laughs) sure
1: yeah yeah i don't know about that sid like i i i know the people that wear the chucks until they have like the holes and they're held together by duct tape but that's usually like i don't know like 22 year old boys in the punk scene not so much (laughs) your family physician
2: (laughs) (laughs) listen times are tough i lost my blue check you know
1: oh yeah so did
2: we as a whole our collective podcast twitter blue checks are gone I never had
0: an individual one to start with. So now everyone just, you know, now we're all the same. Well, and you know, it's funny, his whole like, uh,
1: th- this is like democracy, woo, like now everybody has to pay for it. Do You know that Elon Musk has forced blue checks onto some celebrities by paying for them? Mm-hmm. So like Stephen King never paid for his, but he has one because I guess it's like, no, we don't want to lose like the what we want to entice celebrities to stay. So we'll pay for celebrities, but only celebrities that we think are important. He to have he, the blue check
2: and he tweeted that he is personally paying for them my gosh like out of his own pocket can you believe <laughs> i just it's so sad i can't even
1: doesn't he have more rockets to what it was it it was d- they explode but what were the what was the term used like rapidly <laughs> rapidly <laughs> de- de- deconstruct something
0: they didn't explode. Know. They just rapidly deconstructed.
1: Yeah, this is, this is it's planned. It's supposed to happen.
2: I don't know. Silly.
1: Silly human.
2: I don't know. I, I'll i try to believe at the end of the day that maybe him destroying Twitter is for the best. I don't know. I got a lot of good news there, is my problem. Like, did I you? Had, I did. I followed a good number of journalists and, like, a lot of scientists. And, like, I had curated my feed to, like, I don't know. Like I I had mine was not funny or fun. My feed was very like serious events and (laughs) thoughts. And I mean, but I, I appreciated that. Like it expanded my worldview. And I thought about things in a different way because I would read from all of these. I mean, I'm not just talking about like, you know, anybody who had an opinion. I mean, I was I was trying to curate for like people who had degrees in things or expertise in areas that I don't.
0: I love Stephen King's tweet where he says he did not subscribe to Twitter Blue. Did yeah. you see it? It just says, My Twitter account says I've subscribed to Twitter Blue. I haven't. My Twitter account says I've given a phone number. I haven't. <laughs> That's well, it. <laughs>
2: but, like, because he lost his blue check
0: now? It's not on there now. Oh, Although the, I mean, after the he tweeted that, response probably. response to that is Elon Musk saying, You're welcome.
1: <laughs> I just want to know. Did Elon, Elon Musk, Musk put his own have- phone number down as like Stephen King's
0: <laughs> re- <laughs>
1: part- partner or or did he somehow find Stephen King's phone number and put yeah. it in there? Either way, it's not good.
0: Well, why does Elon Musk not have one now?
1: Maybe he got rid of them all. Maybe did he get rid of all of them? Maybe no. he heard that mega political powerhouse commentary podcast still buffering was, was taking potshots at him. So he quickly got rid of it in shame. I bet that was it. That
0: was it. That are was they, definitely it. Are they all gone? Um,
2: I don't follow anybody who has blue checks. So Hank
0: Green had one. He doesn't. But maybe he just didn't pay for it. Because I don't think he paid, He didn't pay for it either, I don't think.
2: I don't, I don't know. I shouldn't say. I don't think so. But I don't actually know that. All I can say
1: is I've been off Twitter for, I got rid of my Twitter last year. And uh, I feel like I'm less mad uh, all the mm-hmm. time. I mean, and I think that's good for me. I still I listen, you know, I, I listen to the news every day. I, I go to certain news websites in the morning just to see what's going on in the world. There's certain issues that I care about that I follow. But I don't get I don't have anything feeding me things to be mad about, like, all the time anymore. And I think that's that's good.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. I, I do think that there are advantages to that, Um because I think we all suffered from that for a while of that, like, I need to sustain my outrage, mm-hmm. except we lost the word out somewhere and just sustained our rage.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, it was not there was no discrepancy between like, this is a major issue. and We should all actually be upset about this. And like, this is a random person who did something kind of dumb, but we're all going to rage about it for 48 hour news cycle like that. Those things should not be on the same footing. And yet on Twitter, they were.
2: Well, and our man this is going to make me sound like such a nerd Our the way our technology in terms of like digital technology and interconnectedness interconnectivity across the planet it all accelerated so quickly that like it's fair to say that we are not evolutionarily caught up with that concept and are our brains really built to know what's happening everywhere on earth all at once
0: I just want to know <laughs> where where I'm supposed to brag about my Wordle scores now <laughs> That's you really can, my thing. I can't share the little boxes with like the green boxes and the yellow boxes and stuff on Twitter now. So, what do I do?
1: You could do it on TikTok. Just draw a little picture of it and hold it up. <laughs> this oh my is where I'm, take my word for it because I know you Wait, have to that's
2: record. That's a really great <laughs> idea. Please do that.
1: <laughs> Just, today's daily Riley's Daily Wordle. Here you go.
0: Just hold it up on a little note card to the yeah. front of the screen. No
2: words. <laughs> no just hold it up that's it that's the whole tiktok
0: you imagine the entire account page just scrolling through the videos just all the little thumbnails of all
1: (laughs) that sounds fine i don't know i don't know why because i mean tiktok is somewhat so much better for my brain than twitter and i don't know why because maybe it's just the algorithm is so much easier to curate maybe it's because it's just the kind of content that's there but like you know I mean, there's a mouse that I followed that passed away this week that I was really sad about, Aww. and they were like, a video of, the, of a mouse funeral, but, like, that's, that's news I want to know. I want to <laughs> know about that mouse in, I think it's in the UK somewhere.
0: It's really Twitter, sad. or TikTok is much nicer. I've had videos unintentionally blow up for dumb reasons, and I still have yet to have, like, more than maybe the one or two random, like, mean comments. Even ones that blow up to like an audience of people that don't know who I am, like a very large amount of people. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not like Twitter, where even like something that gets like three retweets then ends up getting you like you know, ten people telling you how awful you are.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. No, that's true. It's the, maybe it's the Gen Z contingent.
2: And I, I think it's fair to say like, Twitter is about to become something much darker. <laughs>
0: Well, Joe Biden doesn't have a check either, so I think no one has them now, it would be my guess. That feels like someone that you'd want to have a check for, would be the president.
1: You know how, like, and Sydney, I know you're still on Facebook, but the vast majority of people left Facebook, and more or less, it's just this weird sort of, like, boomer, slightly right-wing sounding board of just screaming into the wind. Mm -hmm. Is Twitter going to be that for, like, the just, like, out-of-touch liberals that, (laughs)
2: <laughs> still want rose. to feel
1: somewhat of inte- intellectual superiority to other people but it's just over each other because everybody else is like nah man I'm out.
2: I don't know because like they let all the Nazis back on so then what does that make it you know
1: Oh well yeah I not good either way that's all around not bad. good yeah bad
2: And to be fair, I'm only on Facebook because it's very useful for local events. I have a lot of friends who will host, like, kids' birthday parties, and the only way I know about it is I get a Facebook invite. And if I didn't have Facebook, I don't know if I would ever know.
1: That's fair. I realized that I'd missed three of a friend's birthday invites for, like, three years in the city because they were sending them through Facebook. We That's... randomly got back in touch, and I was like, "I, why would – that was never going to work.
0: <laughs> why is that your only method of inviting people? I think I if you're a mom – and you're inviting like you know, people to your child's birthday party, Facebook might be a safe route, mm-hmm. because your child obviously is not communicating directly or doing it for them with parents that you probably are friends with on Facebook. But if you're just doing it for yourself, and you're an adult inviting your other adult friends, why would you use Facebook as your one method of invitation? I would absolutely yeah. miss anything important that someone invited me to if they only used Facebook.
2: It It's hard for our theater group, I think, because the theater group, That Justin and I are directing for our our group here that mom and dad are in charge of it uses Facebook as the main way it communicates like rehearsals and stuff and I know a lot of those young people well they told me well they told me they don't do Facebook or Twitter Hmm. even TikTok they were like sometimes and I was like what do you do I I don't know
1: (laughs) you get everybody's email address and you have an email that you send out with everybody on it that matters
2: we do that now this happens now that still can happen. Yeah, what, no, we, like we started that. <laughs> what are these well, exclusive, like, giant
1: guest list children's birthday parties that they need a social media platform to organize? Why can't they just say, like, hey, Mrs. Whoever's class, that this one seven-year-old's having a birthday party. Tell your your parents, all 14 of you. I, that
0: Sometimes, though, you end up with a situation like Cooper who was given invitations to give out to everyone in her class, and she only gave them to two people.
2: And we had to explain to her that we wanted everybody to come. She had had them labeled for everyone in the class.
1: She only cares about the VIPs. That's all right.
2: (laughs) Um, But if if we didn't have Facebook, I wouldn't be able to look at West Virginia area restaurant reviews, and I would never know which Taco Bells in the West Virginia area are the best. So there's that.
1: Well, hey, if you get some joy from Facebook or Twitter Mm. or or TikTok, I don't think I don't I mean, whatever, like there's unethical aspects of all of these things. uh, But so is most consumption in a modern era. So whatever is fine. I just there is a bit of me that is happy to see Twitter crumble just because of the Mm -hmm. the egomaniac at the head.
2: (laughs) Yeah. 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 We've all felt the sting of Twitter sometimes. Everyone, not just us. I mean, Also that. Yeah well that's not what we're talking about um, though no i don't have a i don't have a segue um
0: new girl yes the the television program um it started in 2011 i didn't realize it started that long ago in my head it was like a 20 teens thing but it was over in 2017 or 2018 i believe when the last season
2: aired um yeah uh tay what do you think you'd never seen it yeah
1: i had not um I haven't finished it. I got up through season three. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. Um, Which I think (laughs) I should tell you that I liked it. Yeah. Uh, I was not ready to like it. I mean, I I didn't like going like, I'm going to dislike this. Yeah, But, you know, I I haven't watched a show like that in a while. And uh, I found it like not exactly what I was expecting. I thought it was going to be a little bit more melodramatic. Mm -hmm. I liked that it was all kind of surreal. Like Mm -hmm. it was a little cartoonish, all the characters. Mm -hmm. And they were all very likable. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting to like this cast as much as I did. Yeah, um, I thought it was, it was really fun. It was almost like, like this not at all, not at all the same level of of like unlikable likable people. But it almost had like a whiff of like it's always sunny is one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As far as like these are kind of terrible people, but I want to keep watching them, and it's like that, but way more cleaned up, way more tidy, sure. like yeah. way less despicable. Yeah, so, it was fun.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. A lot of people say it's like the modern like friends, um, which I mean, I guess in the sense that if you want to say like it's a group of people in their 20s and 30s who are living in a big city and navigating life, like in the broadest sense. Yes, Mm -hmm. it's like friends, but everything else beyond that is so different. I I Um, find
1: these people far more likable than the cast of friends.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I think that's true. I think they're more likable. I think it's all a little goofier, a little sillier a little more self-aware. Friends friends at times took itself kind of seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I don't think New Girl ever takes itself too seriously.
0: No. Yeah. The uh, the character development also of the characters in New Girl, I feel like in a lot of other sitcoms, like a Friends or, or other things like that, they kind of just stay the same. Like the mm-hmm. situations they're in change, but the characters really don't ever grow that much. Um, all of them end up like such different people by the end of it because like... I don't want to spoil it, Tay, but by the end of it, we obviously get, like, a, a conclusion to this part of their lives, if you will. The third, or the last season flashes forward, like, three years or something like that? Five years?
2: I think more like five. Five yeah.
0: years?
1: I, I know. I, I looked at, I can't handle not knowing things. I know okay. who ends up together okay. okay. all that stuff, so no worries. You don't have okay. to like, worry about that.
0: But, like, it flashes forward to a point in their lives where they're all, like, settled mm-hmm. adults past the, the prime of the events in the show. Um, but they also, like become totally different people like for example winston is my favorite character Mm -hmm. because he goes from being like this kind of quiet like probably secondary main cast member when he first joins like he's not in a lot of the main plots or anything um to this very very odd man who wears bird shirts and has a very close relationship with his cat (laughs) and i just I love
1: it. <laughs> I like that. That wasn't like the kind of character when you say that they they like you know grow as characters. Usually it's like it becomes like a more like stable like
0: uh-huh. like you <laughs> well, know, that too, adult but...
1: person. No, like that's just that's a, took a hard left and kept going. Yeah. Love it.
0: They like I I just I feel like they noticed a lot of the things that people picked up on maybe that they liked like small things in characters or just how the actors themselves were and just kind of let them make characters
2: and they do lean in to the absurdity of that each one kind of has Mm -hmm. more and more as it goes on like I think Nick Miller becomes like (laughs) more and more detached from reality so (laughs) to speak (laughs) as it goes on (laughs) but you know that kept
1: the whole like will they won't they thing that's so cliche like obviously Mm -hmm. from the very beginning Nick and uh, uh, Jess Jess, you think they're going to end up together But they also then spent so much time, her somewhat, but him especially, making him just seem kind of terrible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not in a bad way, but just gross and weird and and a little unhinged. And it became less of a will they, won't they, and more of a should they or shouldn't they. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think if I remember correctly, they weren't intend, like, they did not intend for those characters to end up together or even really be, like, a romantic interest. Oh. But it was just the two actors, once they, like, had them in scenes together, then it was just everyone was talking about it as watching, they were watching it, like, oh, well, obviously they're gonna end up together. Um, which, I mean, they do, and then they break up, and then they do again, and then they break up, and then they do again for good. Um, but not in the annoying Ross and Rachel way, where, like, in between they're, like, fighting and being weird and like Mm -hmm. yelling at each other and doing things to intentionally make each other jealous or feel bad or whatever um in a much more watchable way that's like oh they realize they don't work together as people so they broke up and it's kind of awkward because it's going to be awkward if you still live with someone you dated but then they become friends again somewhat but it's still always kind of weird yeah it's always there
1: That's interesting because it the thing that I think is nice about the show is it is so focused on friendship. You'd think a show like Friends, that would be what it's all about. But the show <laughs> Friends is really all about relationships. Yeah. Like, yes. Romantic relationships kind of take the lead in the show. And this show very much felt like this is about this group of friends and their friendship with each other and how mm-hmm. they support each other constantly. Like that's yeah. where most episodes end up, is like, oops, something bad happened in a relationship. Look, everybody's like pilot on the couch together, or doing something dumb together. Yeah, friendship.
2: But they, but they do. I think it's funny because it, when I think about it as compared to friends, they do kind of take that model of like you have this main couple that you're kind of supposed to be rooting for. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's this other couple that, and I was the you same mean way how with Schmitt friends. And CC are the Chandler and Monica. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like I always found Chandler and Monica to be the couple that I really cared about, yeah. and like related to more and like that they really touched me in a way that Ross and Rachel never really did Mm -hmm. and now granted I love Nick Miller but I found Schmidt and Cece to be the couple that like oh yeah they're just kind of adorable and like you're just happy for them yeah you know yeah I think
1: Schmidt was my favorite character just yeah and I think it's it's got got to be hugely on just the shoulders of the actor just coming up with all the weird pronunciations yeah. and affectations <laughs> like I think any other person being that character could have made him insufferable but he's so good in the role that it's just I love him
0: well if you think about just like taking that character and trying to describe it in like a, a totally detached way for someone who's never seen the show before it would sound like someone you would hate mm-hmm. like it would sound like someone you would really not like watching um, and from the be- at, at the beginning he kind of is that character but it very quickly becomes like I I don't know. I mean, he's a Republican. He's obsessed with Paul Ryan. He's obsessed with (laughs) Paul Ryan and he is obsessed with, like, he's very, like, all about his looks and money Mm -hmm. and status and, like, doesn't always, like, talk about women in the most, like, you know, uh, 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 acceptable way, (laughs) I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. But then he does it in a way where you can sense that a lot of it is just, like, a mask that he kind of puts up and like a cover he puts insecure. up to be yeah. yeah to be cool and to be more accepted and more popular um which is why it's so great when he and he's here together because mm-hmm. they both i don't know i love i love both those characters
2: um i want to talk more about other elements other than the relationships uh of the show that we like but before we do that
0: let's check the group message so we have one sponsor to tell you about today and it is one of my favorite things to do besides watch new girl um and it's hunt a killer because today's episode <laughs> is supported in part by Hunt a Killer. Not a real one. It's Not
2: the, literally. It's the My mystery entertainment company that killer. creates
0: immersive murder mystery <laughs> games. Not real murders. Disclaimer, <laughs> I'm not hunting a real killer. I should have noted that. It's a fake one. <laughs> it's a game. Yet. A very good game, though, where you get evidence, suspects, you get an immersive, engaging storyline with plot twists and codes to figure out and riddles and puzzles and You use problem solving and deduction skills to determine what evidence is relevant, who's telling the truth, and ultimately finding the means, motive, and opportunity to hunt that killer and catch that killer. It's great for date nights, family game nights, team building events, or even solo sleuthing, which I will say, as someone who loves board games but often finds myself alone in my apartment because I live alone, it's always nice to have something to do that you can do entirely on your own. You don't need to find someone to make do it with you. Um, it of course is fun to do with friends. I've made mom and dad do it with me before too, which is always fun to watch them try to, especially dad, try to read the pieces of paper up close and try to piece everything together. Um, it's a fun but, date night for me
2: and Justin too. Sometimes mm-hmm. we do hunt killer as our dates.
0: Yeah. And the puzzles are really great too. It's not just like a, you know, like a, you read the story and kind of figure it out as you go. It's very interactive and very immersive. Um, great puzzles, great games, great thing to do with other people. Great way to spend time. So, Tay, if our listeners want to check out Hunt a Killer, what should they do?
1: They should head over to huntakiller at bit.ly slash underscore buffering and use buffering for 10% off your first order of immersive murder mystery games today. Thank you, Hunt a Killer, for sponsoring this episode.
0: So, here's my new girl hot take. I now, I will admit, I have seen this show all the way through. At least like three or four times. And mm-hmm. not like I sit there and watch every episode that many times. It is just my go-to show. I turn on the background when I need to do anything like clean or you know what whatever. I it, It's on in the background all the time. Um, and it wasn't until recently when I was rewatching that I decided that I think while Jess is the main character she actually a lot of times is one of the more unlikable in a lot of situations than the rest of them. Um, just like the whole kind of. I'm so quirky girl persona that was very 2011, like mm-hmm. very on brand for that time period. Um a lot of situations you feel like, oh wait, she actually is the main character but maybe is not in the right all the
2: time. I I definitely think that's true. I think she suffers from that the comparison of how we viewed the like let's I mean it was the random girl first, right? Or yeah. random guy, random person. Random, randomness was Not gender specific. Anybody could be random. (laughs) And it became quirky, especially if it was a more feminine energy. Yeah. Um, And I think by today's standards, we sort of, I don't know, that's not as fashionable now. I I guess I should say, like, that's not as in. It was a very specific
0: brand of the internet. And I think you can tell when the show came out because it was not around for, like, an extended period of time. But I can remember scrolling through, like, Pinterest and Tumblr and the peter pan collars and the polka dots and like the skater skirts with the tights and like the loafers like that whole look that she has the glasses that aren't real glasses that have like the lenses poked out Mm -hmm. the bangs all of that is just so specific to a time but then she maintains that look and that vibe for most of the rest of like the seven years the show was on just not to say anything bad about zoe deschanel obviously i love zoe deschanel and the character of jess as a whole i do like But I think it is interesting when you have your main character, because, I mean, the show is New Girl. Like, it is about her, who is not always, like, the best one. I mean, a lot of times, like, when her and Nick's relationship fell apart the first time, it was because she wanted to plan out every single thing in their future all of the time and wanted to, like, control his finances for him and clean up his life for him. And he did not want to plan or control anything. It just wanted to let everything happen. Neither one is right. But she obviously, it's not like she was just, you know... Broken mm-hmm. up with and poor dress, and that was so sad. They both had some work working on themselves to do.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think that that's true. It definitely, I've seen that comparison made on TikTok before of like, um, and I don't think to this extreme, but I saw somebody comparing her to like, uh, Hannah from Girls and saying like the main character is one of the ones that I like the least mm-hmm. on this show. And I think that's a little bit of a stretch because I think on girls, similarly, everybody was supposed to kind of be awful. Like that was kind of the part of it was like everybody's kind of doing things that you're Mm -hmm. like, yeah, (laughs) it's not just her. But uh, but I've seen that where like, Jess is not necessarily the one that you would gravitate towards because she's surrounded by a lot of people that seem like, I don't know, easier to get along with maybe. Yeah, well, I don't
1: even know. Are are they easier to get along with? Or, hey, have we stumbled across a case of that good old misogyny where men can have flaws and that makes them endearing, but when women have flaws, we judge them a lot harsher, even if it's on a subconscious level. Because I think that is common when women are... I mean, I hear the same thing about uh, Carrie from Sex and the City, and Carrie has her, her flawed moments for sure, but the idea that she's the worst, it's like, or is it just that we experience the like a lot of contact time with a woman's flaws and yeah because they're all very true
2: because I don't because we're willing we're probably willing to accept CC's a little more because we also are supposed to believe like and I mean she is a very attractive person but like CC is a model she is objectively attractive to all the men around her which in our society gives her more intrinsic value Not that Jess isn't an extremely attractive person too, but like we are, she is cast as that. Well, and I'm not not saying
0: that Jess is the worst. I'm like, I don't dislike the character. I just think that like they all find themselves in like, "Uh uh-oh, what am I going to do situations? Like something has gone wrong. And a lot of times like they all contribute to it, but sometimes you find yourself cringing a little bit more at the things Jess has done to like further put herself in these like uncomfortable or somewhat hard to get out of, Situations, not even just in like relationships or with men, just kind of like in general, um, which is part of the the charm, I guess. I would, I think, of having her as like your main female character is it's very, very different from CC, and that's why they serve mm-hmm. as such a good juxtaposition to each other. Is they're both attractive women, but because CC has been labeled by society as attractive enough of a woman to be a model, the way that they interact with the world is very different
2: they do you know they try something similar i think if you look at like the first season of parks and rec Mm -hmm. with ann and leslie yeah Yeah. because leslie nope's character especially in the first season was a lot i think like supposed to be less likable i I think think you're right it's very similar it was supposed to be like um michael scott on the office Mm -hmm. kind of like you know, if what? you
0: met this person in real life, would you find it as endearing
2: as you do on like a
0: TV show yeah. kind of thing? But sh- yeah.
2: but they shifted her character too. Yeah, like I don't know. But I, I mean, I can see that too. I I can see that all of the characters have flaws. We are we are a lot more forgiving mm-hmm. for men's flaws That's on true. shows.
0: I mean, think um, about all the things we just times, said about Schmidt that we're like, oh, but he's so funny, <laughs> right? Well,
2: and I mean, Nick too. Yeah, there are times where I, it gets old. Yeah, like. Come on. Like just get your life together. (laughs) And just like be a human in this moment. Like you know how to like, you know, stand up, I don't know, make a sandwich, put your pants on, and like get your life together. It's like you don't have to be a a boy a boy man all the time.
1: (laughs) Well, and even like, you know, that that persona of like the quirky girl, the like, oh, I'm so silly, I'm so disorganized, I'm such a quirky mess. Like, I think that's a kind of a defense too if a woman's too together and if she's too on point and she's Mm -hmm. too proud of herself, wh- what does she get labeled?
2: Mm-hmm. So. A, a B. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you
1: know, like, there's a, I think it's it's in the first season where it's one of Nick's paramours. I don't think they get serious, but she's got a big problem with Jess, and it's, she calls Jess has this whole act, you know? She's like, oh, you and your cupcakes and your blankies mm-hmm. and all this. And mm-hmm. Jess is like, this is who I am. Like, I felt for her in that episode, because yeah. I think that is like, well, how can you just comfortably... Be a woman. I, I don't know. <laughs> that's, I mean, hey, I gave up, so I'm out, of, I'm out of this conversation.
0: That's one of my favorite cameos, I will say, is that uh, girlfriend of Nick's, who's the like hard, tough lawyer who doesn't yeah. like dress, is Janice from E-Boss. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. It took yeah. me a minute to yeah. realize
1: that's who that was.
0: Yeah, looks very different, yeah. obviously, in like the the clothing and this setup, but um, yeah. I think that always is interesting is how other women interact with Jess that aren't Cece. I feel like there's a lot of that. Just like, why are you just so, like, smiling and goofy and you wear the polka dots and you, you I don't know,
2: Well It's it's why I think her and Cece get along so well is that Cece also, because she is a model, lives in this world where she's only allowed to be one thing Mm -hmm. and Uh often viewed as only one thing. And also suffers a lot of criticism for being something like, I mean, that's like the you can't win, right? She's a model. She's the physical ideal of beauty, but she's going to be criticized for being so beautiful. And Mm -hmm. and then you're going to assign a bunch of other things to her that may or may not be true. Like you're going to assume she's vain or that she's vapid or that, you know, things like that, which aren't true about her. So maybe they both connect on that level. Like we live in spaces where we are criticized, but it's who we are and we have no choice. Mm -hmm. I
0: think they do show a very good example of female friendship in media, though, because they do have a lot of interactions that um, are not about relationships and not about men. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorites is, uh, I don't know if you saw the specific episode, but it's when um, they are having their respective bachelor and bachelorette parties for CeCe and for Schmidt, when they're about to get married and schmidt wants to go on this like big tough band road trip to like show how masculine he is or whatever um and then Cece just wants to stay home and hang out with jess and they instead get high and a bread maker shows up that schmidt's mom has gotten for Cece as their wedding gift and Cece takes this as an offense like oh she thinks i can't even make bread myself for her son <laughs> she thinks i can't take care of him and then destroys the bread maker and she and Jess have to, while high, try to go return this bread maker and get a new one because then she finds out it was from Schmidt's mom. and It's the hijinks ensue, of course. But it's very silly goofy because the whole time it's just two women trying to do an impossible task because of the mindset they're both in um, that has nothing to do with relationships or men or whatever in that moment. It's just like them being goofy. Yeah. I don't know. It's very nice to see. It's like an entire episode where it's just them hanging out. Well, I do think,
1: for as, as cartoonish as the characters can be, I do think they're all well-written and well-rounded. Like, even on the end of, like, the male mm-hmm. friendships, like, that they vary, they have episodes that clearly are poking fun at, like, you know, men can't share their emotions and men don't ha- know how to take care of each other. And then, they, like, that's the point of the episode, like, mm-hmm. the 10-year the anniversary for Nick mm-hmm. and Schmidt that yeah. Schmidt clearly cares about. <laughs> like, I thought that was a very sweet episode.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, Their friendship is so good. Yeah. I really like to, and I mean, this for me was very relatable. In the last season, when they fast forward, they also get in with Cece and Schmidt into some parenting stuff. Mm. Like, that's some of the things that they're facing. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a scene where Cece, who is now like a high powered business executive kind of mm-hmm. job, I forget exactly what it is, but she has her own modeling agency. She's out to lunch with Jess. And she's chugging both coffee and wine at the same time. Yeah. Because she's, she's up all night because of the kid, but then is working all the time, but working yeah. all the time. So she needs to relax. So she needs to stay awake and relax. And as she's sitting there like desperately drinking coffee and wine, I was like, Oh man, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel very seen right now by Cece." <laughs> so I kind of like that. Cause it, it, it gives you stuff to connect to when you're younger and single and then relationships. And by the end, they're kind of like, Hey, are there any parents out there? Here's a couple little jokes just for you. <laughs>
0: That kid, adding the kid into that last season, because the last season is very much, it feels like fan service in a way. Just like here, this is your happy ending for all of your main Mm -hmm. characters. There's not a lot of like plot things happening. It's just a lot of like, it feels like a fan fiction almost. Like here's how things wrapped up. Um, But she is one of the the better additions. Also the fact that Nick becomes a world famous author Mm -hmm. for his mystery books that it's like you never really know the plot but the little bits you hear about it it's like how is this one of the most popular it, books it doesn't <laughs> sound good it doesn't sound good um but it makes sense I guess I don't know that's another instance of just Nick just being like kind of a mess and everyone's like aww look how great he did great job bud yeah.
2: he skates by on that a lot he does <laughs> um
0: well and again like
1: they're all likable like there's not yeah you know well,
0: None of them
2: are bad people. No. They don't, it's funny.
1: Yeah. They don't ever cross that meridian, which I think Friends does sometimes, where people do things that are despicable, and then yeah. the show like really recognizes it and makes everybody go through the emotional like response. And I think there are things that are kind of despicable in the show, but because it's like surreal, like uh, nothing's too serious. The scene ends and then everybody's over it. And I kind of appreciate that, honestly. Like, I don't need some real life up in here. I just want to see pretty people be happy and do hijinks.
2: They they don't cross the line. I mean, that's the thing with Friends is like, I was thinking about, as you were talking about Jess on New Girl, for me, like on Friends, the character that I think, and I would guess most people would say this, if you're going to pick one as the least likable, I would have said Ross. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ross got tons of criticism. Yeah, as a character, and like still does, mm-hmm. you know, for being kind of whiny and like self obsessed mm-hmm. and and that kind of stuff. Um, and at times, doing things like there's a whole plot line where he's dating one of his students, mm-hmm. which is like not okay. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's played for laughs. Yeah, like it's a joke. It's funny. He's dating a student. Ha ha. And like I don't think New Girl. Falls into those traps quite so easily. Now, I did not rewatch every single episode, and because it was in 2011, I have no doubt that there are things that I would go, yeah. oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Nick's definitely dating like uh, an 18 year old at some point. That was one of Jess's students. Yeah, oh. <laughs> he didn't oh. know. He didn't know, but uh, doesn't make it well.
0: Really and better. then her dad remarries someone that she went to high school with. That's like much, much younger. And then at one point, Jess makes out with Schmidt's dad. Of course, played by Sandy Cohen, um, from The OC. Is that who it is? Yes.
2: <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. Um, but again, love Sandy Schmidt Cohen. Here's uh, Jess talking about making out with his dad because she's unaware when they make out that this is Schmidt's dad, and it is a very funny moment where he and Jess both equally are grossed out by the fact that that's what's happened, and then they kind of move on. Like oh no, my one of my closest friends and roommate just made out with my dad. <laughs> it's awful, and they move on. Um, which you're right, very much contributes to the whole surreal aspect of it, where like they never bring it up again. They don't mm-hmm. talk about it. It's a funny goof, and they move on. Um, um,
2: they also play the best drinking game yes. that's ever been invented. I, are there rules on the internet anywhere for what is
1: it? Ameri- uh, True American. True American.
2: Yes, there are. Can we
1: play it sometime?
2: But we should Absolutely. play it sometime now. If I remember, I've looked this up before, and I feel like there aren't. Like people have had to sort of you fill in the gaps. Fill some. in the gaps. Yeah. like the There are not clear. The, there are so many. The different times they play it in the different episodes, there are so many different sort of rules tossed out there. That I think there's an amalgam of rules and then you have to kind of fill in the blanks on your own.
0: Yeah. The ba- I mean, the basic premise is that it's, the floor is lava, so you do have mm-hmm. to hop around on furniture because the floor is lava the entire time. But it's candy land in the sense that you're trying to move to different zones of the furniture and you have different beer cans or like smaller drinks in the middle that you have to get rid of. And then the king is in the middle, <laughs> which is the big handle. And then you move around the room trying to get rid of the cans and everything. But like all the other things they do with like the the numbers and the counting off and like the different um, historical references they I, make yeah, to like do different things. I don't know how they get to that. I don't know exactly how those parts are played. Um, I've played a very loose form of it before and it was very fun. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things that I think is just. They made it up as they went in every episode, and then mm-hmm. by the end of the show, they realized like we have created this whole game and never really given much detail <laughs> about it, other than these ridiculous
2: scenes. You no, know, it's very Calvin Ball. I was going to say mm-hmm. it's, it's very it's yeah. Yeah. Calvin it's just Ball. like yeah, we just make up the rules as we go, and yeah, yeah.
1: Well, there was that, and there's also what is is it Bro Juice that they talk the cocktail that Nick has made them, and then Jess makes it for Schmidt's birthday in the weird bus.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think
1: he originally describes it as palm and vodka. So, pomegranate yeah. juice and vodka. But then I, I looked around I was like, surely somebody's done something with this. And there were people on the internet that made it with like Everclear and fruit juice, which I didn't know if maybe the recipe is restated, is uh, retconned later in the show. Maybe. Maybe? I
2: don't I'd know. have to, I don't remember. I do remember
0: that though. Now that you say that, all of them drinking that on the bus. Yeah. When he turns 29. Yeah.
2: Oh man. I know.
1: I do. Th- it's a very, it's a very millennial show. Um, it is just for the pe- like because that's self obsession, but it's kind of endearing. Maybe it's only endearing to certain generations.
2: <laughs> um. Well. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely. I can't see that being a show. I like. I bet our parents didn't watch it. Mom and dad did. Did, did they? they? Mm-hmm. Did they like it? Yeah. Really? They watched well, all of it. Never mind. Well, maybe it is endearing to everybody.
0: I will say the only other thing about it. That I find un- there are lots of things that are kind of unrealistic. One that is very unrealistic, but also is unrealistic in Friends, is they live in that giant loft.
1: What is that space?
0: It is giant. They each have a big bedroom. They have this big bathroom with like multiple. Uh, it's not like a great bathroom, but I mean it's big. They have so much space. It has a and stall and a, two
1: urinals in it.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and then a big shower. And Jess is a teacher. Mm-hmm. Nick is a bartender. Winston is multiple things. At first, he's, like, just an assistant to, like, a radio
2: talk show host or something like that, right? Something. I mean, he eventually is a police officer. Eventually, yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, Schmidt is some sort of ad marketing executive. Like, he is the only one that seems to have, like, a job that could, in theory, be making, like, a high salary, and I'm like, how are they affording this giant space? It's L.A. Like, they're in L.A. They all have cars.
2: They do all have cars. That's weird. Well,
0: not very I don't bad. know. I don't live in L.A. I don't know what the prices are like out there. It just seems like, to me, Well, ex- in, in the expensive. city I am in, living in a space that big would be like mm. a million dollars or something. Like, in- insane.
2: Well... I don't know. I mean, maybe they don't have heat and air conditioning. Well, <laughs> it's also
1: hard to say. Like, how far out do they live in LA? Like, where do they live in? LA?
2: I guess that's end yeah. of the same as true they live
0: outside.
1: Yeah. Like, I I I've lived in a very big loft before where we each had bedrooms and yeah, everybody was making very little money. So I imagine yeah. these people at least all have real jobs. <laughs>
2: Was it, well, was it, is it like that, Tay, where you think maybe it's a place that's not really zoned for human living? <laughs> I think from the outside, oh, I assume that's a possibility. that from the outside
1: shot of the building that that's what they're yeah. implying. Because that's what a lot of like those built out illegal lofts, you know, yeah. the la- landlord rents you a space that's commercial and just says, I'm going to turn my head. And if you install plumbing, oops, and then it just kind of well." And they've got
0: those right. Yeah, those big like sliding metal doors yeah. and stuff like that. I guess that's true. And they make some jokes throughout the series about all the things that are wrong with it, that mm-hmm. they have to have someone come and fix, that Nick insists on fixing himself. That's true. Yeah, but it, I don't know. It's just that, like, you look at that space and, and without thinking too hard about it, you're like, man, that's a lot of room. That's yeah. pretty nice.
1: Yeah, I feel like they're very smart to never say where in L.A. it is because that's for, true. friends made the mistake of making it clear that they were somewhere in Manhattan, like,
2: yeah, Near Central Park, near Central I think, Park. because yeah. because they're above Central Park, so I think yeah. the idea is they must be close to Central Park. Yeah,
1: which is just not the. I mean, they make the joke that it's rent controlled, which okay, but that's not. That's less not, feasible. Yeah, L. A. is pretty big. They could be somewhere in a. You know, maybe that's that could be point. possible. Maybe it sure. is lovely, though. It's so beautiful.
0: It is. Well. Thank you all for watching, especially Tay. Thank you for watching it for the first time. I'm gonna keep watching oh. it.
1: That's that's good. gonna be my that's my new this whole week after I get off my bar shifts. I come home and I put on New Girl. Oh, well, good. I
2: well, wish I worked I, in, in
1: mixed giant lounge of a bar. God, I, know. I love the design on that bar.
2: <laughs> I know. I would I would love to hang out in that bar. Yeah.
0: It's a real bar in L.A. I think. Oh yeah, because really? I've seen people post pictures there. Yeah, oh, that's cool. that's so. my kind of bar. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Thank you all. Yeah. Thank you. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. Um, What's next, Sydney?
2: Um, Well, I'm going to tell you what's next. Okay, now I just remembered. I was going to (laughs) say, do you not remember? (laughs) No, I I did forget. It's been a long week. Um, So I want to talk about a show that was on MTV back in the 90s. And um, there are many problematic things about it. But it was popular when it was on. I liked it for a minute. And I think we can at least discuss why. (laughs) So I want to talk about Singled Out. You can find, I think it's on YouTube, like, you can find clips and stuff to get a sense. I have never seen it, so. Probably one of the earliest, like, dating reality kind of shows, so. Um, And a mess. Be prepared. Yeah. I love that yeah a mess I, best kind. I don't think
1: i've watched it since it aired so i'm a little worried about what we might see
2: <laughs> i'm worried about it too i know i was thinking like man i used to love that show but there's no i mean i'm gonna watch it and go oh it pre- does not oh, hold up i'm gonna say oh, it right now
1: preemptive <laughs> apologies for.
2: <laughs> yeah i mean it's gonna be misogynist i'm gonna tell you that yeah. right now yeah probably a few other is too yeah yeah i don't know how many is we're gonna run into to start a checklist. Yeah. Sorry <laughs> in advance for the presence of Jenny McCarthy, the anti-vaxxer. Yeah. Sorry yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. She wasn't then, as far as I know. She seemed
1: cool okay. then. Right.
2: Maybe then she was. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. L- Little did we know. Mm. Well, thank you, Riley. Um, New Girl is on, on... Hulu now. Ah, there you go. As of this week. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Perfect timing. Um, thank you both. Thank you, listeners. Uh, thank you to Maximum Fun. You should go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the great shows there. Yeah. Um, we don't have a blue check, but we still exist on Twitter at stillbuff. We're still there. It's true. <laughs> let's start a TikTok.
1: It... Let's just let's just do a. We've
2: know. really got to start a TikTok. We, re- we really we've really got to jump that ship eventually. Um, you can email us at org And thank you to the Novellas for our theme song, "Baby Change Mine."
0: Ah, uh, this has been your cross-generational <laughs> guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smirl, sleepy girl.
1: And I'm Taylor Swift.
0: <laughs> I am still buffering.
1: And I, I am, am too. You girl. Maybe you
0: your mind, and still sleepy. All right, about that, guys. Couldn't get it out in time.
1: Girl, it's a sleepy girl.
0: Who's that girl?
2: She's asleep. <sighs> hi i'm jackie kation hello i'm Lori kilmerton we do a podcast called the jackie and Lori show and you could listen to it anytime you want it because there's hundreds of episodes yeah i mean we've been doing comedy forever and we should both quit so why don't you listen <laughs> up before we leave this not only terrible business but
1: this awful world and find out why we can't. <laughs> it's because we
2: love it so.
0: The Jackie and Lori Show. Every week here on MaximumFun.org.
2: MaximumFun.org.
0: Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.